welcome back to the Celtics Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash, coming at you from Sydney, Australia, where it has been wetter than a Marcus Morris ISO jumper off the bench. Heyo! Joining me as always is a man who he can do a bit of everything, really, the Al Horford of this podcast, if you will. It is, of course, Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, mate? It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I'm the Al Horford of this podcast. Yeah, I had that compliment prepared and uh, ready to go. Uh, I love hopefully it. Hopefully it makes up for some of the wet weather we've been seeing. Uh, but look, unfortunately, Joe is a late scratch from tonight. Uh, very likely, he's just overcome with emotion. Too overcome with emotion to even really discuss the Celtics. Just way too hyped to even talk about it. That's totally understandable. Anyway, look, coming up on the show, the usual business, really. We'll break down the victory against the Sixers. We'll look at some of the top Celtics Reddit posts from the last few days. And perhaps even a spot of spicy, miscellaneous news. But look, the Celtics, they win their season opener 105-87 to against those pesky Sixers, despite shooting just 43% from the field. Um, but we looked good. It was decisive. And Jackson, like, do you remember that whole preseason thing? <laughs> Not anymore, no. I that was I, um, a good place to start. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, if, 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 we were, if it was a bad game, then you could all of a sudden, you could, you could unearth all of the grievances that we had in preseason and be like, oh, geez, this is, we're worried about this and this is still happening now. But, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's probably best not to read too much into preseason precisely for, for the reasons we saw oh, yeah. in the first game because like, it, was, it was night and day. It was so much better. The, um, the first three minutes was so helter-skelter and so all over the shop. I just thought... I thought maybe that might be what the whole game looks like, but to be fair, it was happening on both sides, and it's the first game of the season, so you can expect the the excitement and the, the energy and the nerves to sort of you know uh, play a play a role in that. But um, no, nah, mate, it was as far away from the preseason as, as as you could get, and that was very good, obviously. Yeah, I was I was very relieved to to see that, and like you said, like those first few minutes, I was like, oh no, like this is just a continuation. We we you know we've had a, a week or so to to improve and, and, and work on our stuff and and here we go and then all of a sudden like it started with our defense uh, the, the defensive rotations were for the most part solid I think we we had one quarter I think the third quarter where we let the Sixers score 24 points but the rest of the quarters they only scored 21 uh, holding them of course to 87 but you know the Sixers are a pretty dynamic team you know they've got Joel Embiid obviously Ben Simmons uh, was very strong in the first half, not so strong in the second half, but they're a, a pretty dynamic team, at least as far as their starting five or six is concerned. Holding them to 87 uh, at in the first game of the season, given where we were in the preseason, I think is uh, a very a very good sign and a very strong showing to begin our season. I was yeah. really happy with it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like I, I had... It, it was so good to have Celtics basketball back. I mean, the NBA oh, in general yes. was just awesome. Like I said, I had to, I had set up in my lounge room the way that I did for like you know the whole of last season because I just moved back to Australia. So obviously that's fresh in my mind. And then after having like what three, four, five months off it, and then I was like sitting up in the same routine again. You know, it's midday and I'm not at work and I'm sitting here and I'm watching the basketball. It was so good. Yeah, it was so good to be back yeah. and, amongst it. And just Twitter and Reddit and all of those things, yeah. like you kind of forget in the playoffs. You know, they were only in June, but like it feels like a really distant memory. And I was going to say this to later on in the show, but it, it starts with guys like rocking up at the game, and you start to see some <laughs> of the, like the pregame fashion with like Marcus. Let's just get right to it. Like Marcus Smart, yeah. he rocked up looking like he was auditioning for the the Blade reboot or something <laughs> like like or Mortal Kombat or, or something along those lines. That guy yeah. was just dressed like a like a 
badass. I was getting, I was getting if Dennis Rodman was cast in Enter the Dragon <laughs> vibes from Marcus Smart, and I mean, I mean, you you, you share that photo on our, on our little chat of of um. Oh no, hang on, I'm getting my lines crossed here. I was gonna say that was uh, that was uh, Kyrie Irving with the Mr. T. Um, uh, also, yeah, <laughs> feather yeah, thing coming feather. out of his hair slash his ear. Another one who's another guy trying to go for the title of um, of best dressed. But um, yeah, there was that too. I mean, Gordon Hayward, he just showed up in like the plainest, loosest fitting like gray hoodie, like he was like he was about to go for round the go for run with his dog around the park. <laughs> so the disparity was that just that I found hilarious too. Um, and uh, and yeah, obviously that would have all been for nothing had the performance not been good. But the good it was. And man, like look, there was there was two thoughts I had coming out out of the game like in the immediate aftermath and the more I've thought about it the more they've kind of you know they've polarized the first thought is we just beat down one of our closest rivals in the east a team that is is everyone was picking you know to be right up there with us in the Raptors we beat them down pretty comfortably like it never really seemed like it was much in doubt and our no. arguably our best player in Kyrie really had an off game shooting wise that's his that's his calling card so if he's not doing that it's fair to say it was it was a bad game um, and we still won by 18 points. And there was nothing that I saw other than, you know, rust from the guys coming back and, you know, given that it was like the first game of the season. There was nothing there that really suggested to me that there's any real, you know, immediate issues in this team. Like, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, holy shit, like, we're, we're almost as good as the people talking us up have been saying, you know? You, you want to you caution that. You don't want to get too far carried away, but... The, fir- the first thought I had was, holy shit, we are as good as we all hoped we would be. The second thought I had, though, just to bring it back a little bit, is I, I just don't think Philadelphia is really that good outside of Embiid and Simmons. I mean, they got rid of two. They got rid of two, uh, two uh, guys who would who were shooting threes and helped them a lot last year in Bellinelli and Ilyasova. But I mean, other than Redick hitting the occasional three, they really, they really don't look that, that that. What's the word? They don't, they don't scare me. Yeah, you know, pretty you know lackluster, I mean? and they they don't have a bench. So they bring on Reddick to replace Fultz, who maybe oh. if Brett Brown could do it again, he would have just started Reddick. But um, we'll, we'll get back to to Fultz because I I feel <laughs> just feel bad for that kid at this point. Um, but Reddick Reddick missed a lot of shots that I think he normally would have made, and like comparing him to playoff Reddick that we saw a lot of last year. He just wasn't the same guy. He was maybe he sort of he seemed to land on someone's foot early in the game and maybe roll his ankle a little mm. bit. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but he didn't seem to be hitting the shots that he's he's known to make. But yeah, and then they, they brought on. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the the kid's name. I'm scrolling through the the box score now, but they brought on a rookie of theirs. I think it might have been Landry Shamit. Shamit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he was like their seventh guy off the bench. TJ McConnell was all right. I guess he was the seventh, but Landry Shamit like played nearly 13 minutes in the game. Like he was, he was very much a part of their rotation and beyond, you know, they're starting five or six. They, they're just, they don't go very deep and Simmons had a good game and Bede was all right. Although he was embarrassed by a few of our guys yeah. quite I'd a few times. I'd say by his standards, it was a bad game. There was still, I think you said that third quarter where they scored more than 24 points. Most of that was just going to Embiid down low when he would put a ball in. But yeah, it, even though he was, he was okay, this is going to be remembered as a bad game for him because he got clowned by like you know just about everyone on our team. I mean, and we all took turns in getting one over Embiid. Yeah, he got like brutally embarrassed on a few occasions. He got blocked three times by Horford, and then there was that crazy swat by Rogier where he and he came over. Um, like obviously it was very emphatic and um, theatric, and it was a great block, like you know out of bounds. But 
he the way that he rotated off his man onto that block, he didn't come off a man one pass away. He actually rotated off whoever he was defending two passes away, and it was it was behind Joel Embiid and, and directly out of his line of sight. So it was really the like the perfect um, guy to rate, rotate off and, and run over to Embiid and block him because he didn't really leave someone open. Like Obviously, the man he left behind was open, but Joel Embiid couldn't see that guy, and he made that decision in a split second and that's you know that's one of our guys off the bench like this team is so deep and everyone is so smart and, and plays within that that system it was just i don't know i, I don't want to uh, no, <laughs> fuck it fuck it i'm gonna say it championship vibes that's I, it just felt like it just felt like the opening game of a season where we go on to like do something big i don't know if that is win the championship or make the finals but you know like you said Kyrie irving did not play well and yet we played an awesome game. We we held the opposing team to eighty seven points. We we scored over a hundred points. It just we just felt like a, a, a great team. And there are gonna be so many nights where Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving and everyone else is still the version of themselves that they were in this game. And how many points can we score? And obviously our defense is good. There's just so much to be excited about. I just I haven't come down off this high and it's been over 24 hours since the game. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward, if you think about the teams that we're going to lose to, like, like, every, like, there's going to have to be nine players who are going to have to collectively lay an egg for us to really be like thoroughly outplayed by like a, a, a quality a quality team would probably you know would when I say quality teams like I'm hot like you're talking about the, the I'd say the Raptors you could probably put in there which we'll talk about later the Warriors you could say maybe the Lakers depending on what they look like there's only a few teams that I would like really be concerned that if we weren't on our game we could be punished but man I think like I think we could play really really average across the board and still come away with wins against you know lesser teams you know we were doing that a bit last year too we were making it hard for ourselves because I found we were getting ourselves like down by you know double digits or we would like let them back into the game in the second or the third quarter and we'd have to make it harder for ourselves I don't see a lot of that happening this year I see us kind of getting out of sight like quite early and then playing the bench guys or you know the, the way that we went about this game was just it, it never really felt in doubt if, when I was watching it it felt closer than it was because you know I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and I wanted I don't want to like you know celebrate too early because you know we've 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 sure we've all been there and it's it sucks but <laughs> there were just there was never a moment where I really thought we were in trouble and just you know it wasn't like we totally blew them out with like you know a barrage of threes or there wasn't one guy completely lining it up you know maybe Barb Tatum but but, you know, it was just a really nonchalant, professional, solid way of beating a team who happens to be a conference rival by 18 points. So if you can assume we're going to get better, which we will, if you can assume that we're going to stay relatively healthy, which you can't, but then again, it's the same for everyone and every team in all sports. Um, yeah, championship vibes is definitely not not jumping the gun you know I'm getting the, I'm definitely getting those as well and again game one of 82 and then we've got the pre then we've got the postseason but yeah now nah, I'm with you man I'm with you man getting them vibes them good vibes yeah so speaking of vibes the Jason Tatum vibe I've got him down as our MVP of the game totally uh, I think he's probably everyone's MVP of the game but he uh just looked like it was just a, a beautiful, perfect continuation of of Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum, like he definitely seemed like he was even more comfortable and more confident and more polished than than we saw him late last year. Um, he and he was dominant. He only shot one for five from from three at twenty percent, but he shot 
over 50% overall from the field. And it was just the nature in which he, he got his buckets. Like he, he was just so confident and he just seemed to always make the right play. And sure, he took some like deep, long Kobe-ish twos, but like he freaking made them. And yeah. he seemed to always take them within the flow of the offense. It was just pure. And this is a guy that we traded down to draft. We traded down to draft mm-hmm. Jason Tatum. And now he's on our team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, like, sorry, I'm going to lose it a little bit here. I'm just way too excited by it. By all of that, that prospect is, is huge that like there's yet another lottery pick unless the Kings do so poorly and get the first pick. Like that's in our future as well. And in the meantime, we've got Jason Tatum to enjoy. He, he was great. And it, it just allows guys like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Kyrie, I didn't expect to be so rusty. But um, I think it was Brad Stevens. I, I like saw the post game interview earlier today, and he was like, "Kyrie Irving's been off for like six months as well, so like got to give him time." And of course, yeah. Hayward's been off for a year, and then he had that second surgery, uh, and his his rehab was sort of delayed a little bit. But like, doesn't matter. Tatum's fine. Uh, Jalen Brown is great. Like these guys can take their time and 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 gather their momentum and, and work their way back into the flow of this team. So it's great. I saw something on the on, on Reddit somewhere where it was like Jason Tatum had it was like 52 or 55 touches all game uh, compared to like, you know, Simmons's 100-odd, Embiid's 70-odd. I'm sure I'm butchering these numbers, but anyway. Um, it just speaks volumes to like, you know, how efficient the dude is. Like, And he's just, he doesn't seem to take, like you say, he takes those long Kobe twos, but he was getting them. So, I mean, I, you can definitely give him a pass uh, on, on nights like this. Um and I think the one thing that that came to mind when I was watching him is like, man, that, those workouts with Kobe Bryant that he was doing over the summer, that's got to be in his head. That's got to be in his ear. And whatever Kobe is telling him, like you might think it's really weird that like this Lakers legend is like, you know, mentoring this guy who, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but let's talk, could potentially be a superstar in the face of the Celtics franchise for years to come. It's very weird that these two have this relationship going on there, but I mean, like everything about his game that we saw, you know, not just last night, but like, you know, at, towards the back end of, of the playoffs and the games we saw him there, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's definitely turning into something. And I, I feel like, I feel like not to pivot this conversation too much, but I feel like people who are trying to have, you know, alternative takes or like, you know, theories about the Celtics, you know, the, the number one popular one is, you know, how are they going to share the minutes? How are they going to share the points? Um, you know, everyone's got to get theirs and stuff. You can see a bit of momentum starting to pick up in terms of Tatum is probably the best player, which I don't believe, but that's what they'll push. They'll push Tatum is the best player. You know, is he going to be happy playing second fiddle behind Kyrie and all these other guys and blah blah blah? And I just don't buy it at all, to be honest. I think he's, yeah. I think he's totally happy in the situation where he is. He's his second year, for God's sake. You know, like as as good as he is now, he's only going to get better. And I don't think, I don't think the dude has enough of an. I don't think he's got the ego or the people in his ear, a la someone like Kawhi Leonard, telling him, oh, this isn't good enough, this isn't blah, 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 blah. Like, I just, if there was to be like some sort of fracture coming from within the team based on not getting enough ball or not getting enough minutes or whatnot, like Tatum is like one of the last people that I would expect for, to, have, to have an issue along those lines. And, you know, as long as he, if he continues to play the way he is, even if he's not getting the level of production that he is, the fact that he is just like... This um, this diamond amongst all these other amazing pieces. I was gonna say diamonds amongst all these other diamonds, but like you know, the the analogies fail me. But like, I don't know. Jason Tatum's just is just outstanding, and 
it, the future is very, very bright with him. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm just scrolling down, going back to the the Kobe stuff. Scrolling down Reddit now. I didn't have this in in the show notes, but he tweeted him, didn't he? Yeah. So here yeah. it is. So user Captain Gronk sixty nine uh, tweeted from Kobe. So he posted rather Kobe's tweet that says hashtag nasty at Jason Tatum. Good start. Keep it rolling. Hashtag Mamba mentality. Which I'm like, okay, great. Kobe was great. Uh, it's kind of funny that he was a Laker and like the Lakers drafted before Tatum was drafted and all of that um but like the the taste that Kobe has left in in my mouth as a fan is like obviously he did some great things and you know knocked us out of the finals in 2010 but he his shooting numbers don't tell a good story about his mentality through a lot of his career and there's an influence that I want him to have on on Jason Tatum in terms of like I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, like being a gun in the league and being an alpha and like going and getting yours yeah. and stuff like that. But I also don't want him to play like non-team basketball. But I don't know. These are all good problems to have. Like we're, we're talking about like how will our potentially five elite starting players like work together and, and, and succeed. And look, they did it in game one, which is what we're here to talk about. Um, and if they if they stop doing that down the line, then you know we can talk about that and worry about that then. But you know, as far as Tatum is concerned, like we got that dude under contract for a while, so you know, if he if he develops any ill feelings, you know, we've got the the personnel in our front office and in our team to to hopefully get him away from that. But look, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Jason Tatum had a great game. There aren't there are no problems. Don't worry, Celtics fans, Celtics Reddit fans. It's all good. Um, I, I want to talk about Gordon Hayward as well. Who? Yes. I, I I honestly, he probably had a better game than I expected him to have. He had a shit ton of steals. I'm just scrolling through the the box score now. Uh, where is he? Yeah, four four steals and uh, a couple a few rebounds as well. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, zero turnovers, four steals, five rebounds, uh, and 10 points as well. And th- there were a few sequences so early in the second quarter, for example, where he had those uh, back-to-back buckets with a steal in between them, where it was just like, fuck yeah, Gordon Hayward, like, you're back, and you're in this team, and it's great, and take your time, buddy. Like, we know what you can do. Uh, you have the luxury of, of being able to slowly integrate yourself back into this team. The Garden crowd was amazing. I don't know if you saw the the sort of the starting lineup announcements. Um, that was great. Uh, I just I felt good watching Gordon Hayward and and he's not where he's going to be. He's going to get better. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, but even where he is currently, he was a big help and a big contributor to our, our team. It was great. Yeah, yeah. He um, it, it's good. He's not like a, a such a ball dominant player like in the mold of like someone like a Kyrie because I think like his his rust and his his lack of kind of game experience over the last year definitely would have showed up. I think that's where Kyrie, because he's this guy who's got to be center stage with the ball and you're expecting him to do these insane crossovers yeah. and hit shots. When that doesn't happen for him, you think, oh, he's off there. Hayward was able, not that he was being hidden, you know, behind other players, but like his role was not as, you know, on the front foot. But um, yeah, no, I mean, the I think he, out of those four steals, I think he had at least two of those three were in like the first in the first quarter. Um, and yeah, he didn't quite have the explosiveness. He didn't quite have that, you know, it, it didn't look like the finished article, but I mean, just to have him back because it, it just felt like so long 
pre barring preseason, since we actually saw him in a game. And, like, I think, like, we always thought, like, going through last season, it's like, oh, man, like, this team's so good. What's it going to look like when we have a Hayward back? And it's like, oh, yeah. man, we get to get a Hayward back next year. And then we finally get to see him with the team. And, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but uh, all I wanted was for him to come through without any kind of, like, hobbling or any kind of wincing or anything like that. Um, and he did. You know, I, I couldn't be happier with his performance for someone who's, you know, gone through what he's gone through. And given that everyone else we've got on the team, you know, delivered in spades, you know, it, it wasn't really a big deal that he, you know, wasn't as effective as he was. But I mean, you know, as the season goes on, you know, there's definitely going to be a game where, you know, everyone's having an off night and Hayward is the man who is going to get us the points and is going to get us the win. Like, I have no doubt about that yeah. whatsoever. But, you know, obviously it's baby steps for him now. But I mean, if this is him, you know, as... Be, possible to speculate, you know, what kind of percentage he's playing at, whether it's, you know, 70 or 80 or, or whatnot, but I mean, he is going to get better and, you know, you look at what we've already got there and it's just it's an exciting prospect. Yeah, and like, even this version of I'm sorry to to, to diss uh, Jay Crowder like this, but this <laughs> version of Gordon Hayward is, is better than the best version of Jay Crowder. Yeah. I think, saying that out loud, I feel like I've said that before on this podcast, but um, <laughs> I stand by it. It's true. I think Jay Crowder uh, even knows it. That's why he was so upset when people were cheering him a couple seasons back. Yeah. He's like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just thought he was really good. And it was just so good to see him back. And I, I, I guess in the context of this win, you know, like we have the luxury of, of sort of saying, well, you know, like he wasn't Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward, but he was good and we won. So it's fine. So I, I look forward to watching him gradually improve. And I don't think it's going to be a case of, one game, all of a sudden, it's like, wow, he like has 30 points and looks like Gordon Hayward of old. It's just going to happen over time. And without even sort of realizing it, we're going to be like, wait a second, like that's Gordon Hayward. Like, he's, he's back. Like There wasn't a moment where it happened. It just kind of gradually happened over time. And I look forward to just like being around for that. that that's something I look forward to. That's going to be good. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't think I had any other points on, on Gordon Hayward, but I want to talk about Al Horford and his his defense. Yes, um, another guy who um, you know we talk about things not happening suddenly with regards to Hayward's recovery, but you do see suddenly guys who are going from their like transitioning from their early thirties to their mid thirties suddenly come back one season and really having obviously lost a step. And you know, of course, it's only one game, but that was not the case with Al Horford. That that dude was balling, and 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 similarly to Gordon Hayward. It doesn't always necessarily show up on the on the stat sheet, but just being in the right place at the right time, always like always being the perfect team basketball player. Yeah. Hayward and Horford, um, had, like having two of those guys on the court at once is fantastic. And Horford just again basically dominated Joel Embiid. Again, it doesn't really appear on the stat sheet, but if you watch the game like Horford just had his number and he blocked him a bunch of times and he even stepped out and defended Ben Simmons a few times and like he, he's just the, the perfect five guy for this team like I I, I can't say a, I, this is where not having Joe on the podcast is bad because Joe will step in and be like well actually like you know statistically <laughs> uh Horford you know he, he he actually didn't do this well and I don't know like I I get I'm just such a yes man You'll point Maybe out something Jackson. that TJ. You'll point out something that TJ McConnell did that got the better of Al Horford. <laughs> yeah, <or> something. <laughs> he does yeah. like some TJ. Um, yeah, on that point you're talking about. Yeah, sometimes you have those players that you know transition from the early to mid 30s, and you can 
there's just a point where you just know they're not the same anymore. I think Al Horford, the best thing about him, and this is why he's so perennially underrated and overlooked, I think, is because he doesn't rely on his athleticism. There's no like, there's nothing about him that you look physically, you think, oh, that's explosive or that's athletic or that's like so strong or whatnot. You know, he's not that kind of player. He's he's, he's all up here. He's he's cerebral, and I think that's why he fits so well into this system and so well in this team and that's why he has made the career for himself that he has he's such a smart player you know like there are plenty of guys who are bigger stronger faster than Al Horford who are going to defend Joel Embiid and are going to make to be look like absolute clowns like Embiid will eat people in the post if you don't know what you're doing and Horford knew exactly what he was going to do and you know the three four blocks whatever he had on him I think it was three on Embiid and there was that one big one he had I think on was it false or something but anyway yeah no Horford was just incredible and he's like he is that one and I don't mean to get negative here but he's that one guy that like I feel so much better about our team now if we have guys go down because there's such a next man mentality who steps up and they can take yep. their place. And we're yep. so good like that. Like if Tatum has an injury, he's out for a couple of weeks, no big deal. Same for Kyrie, same for whatnot. We don't want this, but they're inevitable. Horford goes out for a, a lengthy period of time. I'm st- I... I don't think we we struggle, but I think we I think his absence would be more noticeable than pretty much anyone else in this team. And again, hopefully that doesn't come to that. I mean, it's definitely going to be a point in the series where we're going to miss a few a few games here and there. But um, yeah, he's Joe, and I think we all discussed this last week. I think I think he's definitely our most important player. I think I think having him out there is is key to winning amongst all the other players that we've got doing their roles and whatnot. But um, I mean, what we saw from him on opening night against the likes of someone like Joel Embiid, like it's, it's all positive. He doesn't look like he's, he's lost a step or he's regressed in any way yet. So um, yeah, yeah, that's just wonderful he, to see. He, he had some really strong, like nice, strong takes to the bucket as well. There was one early against Amir Johnson where, you know, I know Amir Johnson isn't exactly like the picture perfect athlete, the NBA athlete mm-hmm. nowadays, but you know, like we played through Horford, typically in the high post, a lot of dribble handoffs, and you don't always see him at the top of the key, like, ISOing. There's that very memorable play late in the playoffs last year against the Sixers where he, where he took Embiid to the bucket. I think it was in Game 5 to sort of clinch the win. And it was the same sort of play, but on, on the other end of the court where he did exactly the same thing to Amir Johnson. I think he ended up with the and one on that play as well. And, like, just little flashes of that where... Like, he is this heady player, like you say. Like, he plays through his mind. He doesn't exert a lot of athleticism, which is hopefully why he can go deep into his 30s and and sort of continue to play the way that he does. But then all of a sudden, he'll just, like, put the ball on the floor and just, like, go. Just, like, go to the bucket and and score. And it's amazing that, like, he has that in his Rolodex of, of... like hoops plays, yeah, and uh, he's aw- really he's, and he's like he's aware of what he can and what he can't do. So like he, obviously he he if he knows he can take this guy and get to the basket and you know get a shot off, he'll do it. If he do- if he doesn't think he can, he won't. So I think he's a guy who just really just knows his body, knows what he can do, knows what he can't do, and just plays accordingly. And he's such an asset to this team. Yeah. Now I want to I want to get on to BWA the bench with attitude, <laughs> um, and. I'm sensing an episode name for this episode of the podcast. I, I'm probably going to go with Championship Vibes because to continue in that vein, Smart, Morris, Rogier, and Bainesy off the bench. And, you know, we essentially played a nine-man rotation in this game. Yeah, We had Tice, we had Ojolet, we had Gershon, but none of them played more than five minutes. And, and Ojolet and Gershon didn't play more than two minutes. For the most part, it was a nine-man rotation. And, and those extra four guys, 
Smart Morris Prejunior and Bainsey were incredible. I don't even know where to start. I I want to start with Bainsey's three point prowess. I think he shot <laughs> two for three, um, which is I don't know. I was perfectly willing to accept that that was uh, an anomaly in terms of okay, it was the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe people didn't expect him to take those shots and he was hitting those threes, but like he hit a couple in the preseason and here he is again, game one, regular season. These games matter and he's like taking these threes without hesitation. And he had that like head fake over Embiid dish into Kyrie in the paint for that yeah. open layup, which is he's just such a versatile big. And sorry to keep going on about Bainsey, I picked him up in my fantasy team right before uh, the game started, which uh, was an awesome pickup. Like he sort of it was a it was a good sort of medium level of dominance across all levels of stats. So uh, I could sit here and and gush about Bainsey all night, but um. I'll throw it over to you, Jackson. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I was, I was, I was particularly thrilled to see Aaron Baines um, just hitting the the one three. I was, I was up and I was cheering. <laughs> so when he hit another one, like a minute and a half later or whatever it was, I was just, I was completely blown away. He's definitely worked on it, and you can see it's definitely it's become something that he's properly added to his repertoire. You know, mm. there'll definitely be games where he'll he'll probably go, you know, zero of three, but then he probably won't shoot anymore. You know, he's not the kind of guy who's going to force it. He knows what his role is, but if it's a situation where we're trying to stretch the floor. And we need, you know, players on the perimeter. If he's open, like, he's going to shoot it. And the more he shoots, the more they're going to guard him closely. And the more they do that, the more he can just, you know, find someone else who can take it in. So, like, it's it, it's just great to see that, that he's adding that to his game. And obviously, you know, I thought he was the... I don't think he was the best Australian on the court, but he's definitely going to be, you know, in the game's coming. <laughs> game's going oh, I'd forward. say he was the second best Australian on the oh, court. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. No, no without doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, more, more on the bench. I mean, uh... <laughs> Jeez, Marcus Morris. I mean, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. He's probably, out of all the guys who got on the team, he's probably the most divisive outside of Marcus Smart's uh, jumper, which looked really good, by the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Marcus Morris, I think he, he had the highest shooting percentage. Uh, I think he was behind, I think he was second behind Tatum for like the most points scored. Dude just looks solid. Um, and yeah. he has these games where he'll, you know, he'll get the ball sort of ISO a couple of jab steps, and then he, you know, we know a long two is coming, and everyone kind of like rolls their eyes and think, here we go, you know. And it was another one of those cases where those were the shots that were going in for him. So you don't necessarily want to see that, you know, happen all the time. But man, he's he was he was just efficient, and he just did what he needed to. And there were times as well too. I I, I remember specifically in the third quarter, I think. Maybe it was the fourth, but we were up by like I think eleven or twelve at one stage, and then all of a sudden, like Philly went on a, like a seven eight zero run, and they were back within striking distance. And then yeah. Morris would hit a three, and then they, it was just like these timely contrib- contributions from these guys that were just that, that basically. I wouldn't say they basically won the game. I mean, there was a team effort across the board that definitely won the game. But like the, these moments, for, particularly from guys off the bench, particularly in stark contrast to their bench, which gave them basically nothing outside of you know Reddick, who still didn't have a great game. You know, these contributions that we're going to get off our bench uh, are going to be so key going forward. And again, yeah, we we didn't see any of you know we saw like barely any of Ojale, barely of any of Gershon. Brad Wanamaker came on and made a shot. Um, so Daniel Tice, you know, I think was only in there for like two or three minutes. We are like. Uh, Robert Williams didn't even play so like it just keeps going and going and going and going man so like and I love the fact that this bench is kind of like that they've named themselves they've had their own identity (laughs) they've accepted that they're bench players like I mean that's not really I don't don't know what the mentality of like professional NBA players are to be you know thrilled with coming off the bench or like owning your role as a bench player but like you know these guys have done it and if this is if, if like 
really, you know, owning the bench role, becoming a unit and really, you know, like embracing that the way that these guys have. Holy shit. Like this, we, we could basically start our bench against, you know, the worst team, the, the worst, lesser teams. And I'd still be confident of winning. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of what we've got going. Yeah. You know, we're, we're nine, ten deep, and it's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the the better part of that bench went like super deep into the playoffs last year. Like, yeah, that's that's those guys, and yeah, getting back to Marcus Morris, sixteen and ten off the bench, ten rebounds, sixteen points. I mm. uh, shot just under sixty percent from the field, had a couple of steals as well. Uh, Rogier finished a team high, a game high, plus twenty two. Um, and obviously did everything that he did in those amazing Puma shoes, which I, I need yeah. to get my hands and feet on those immediately. <laughs> uh, 11 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, uh, only one turnover. Very, very efficient game from T-Row. And just the energy he brings, like between him and Smart and Morris and Bainsey, those four guys, you know, they're, they're all worth um, incorporating into this comment. The, the energy that they bring off the bench you know, we talk about championship vibes. Like that—that's the bench squad that you want on your potential championship team. So, I just hope you know we stay healthy and, and we keep this this nine-man rotation together because like they've got some really strong, positive vibes about them. And I know that an interesting aspect of a uh, uh, you know a hoops discussion is the discourse, and it, you know it's not all. Um, you know, yay saying and, and, and yes men and, you know, agreeing with everything, but there's just not really a whole lot of negative things to say about this team and this game other than maybe Kyrie Kyrie Irving's um, performance or lack thereof. And, and really that, you know, that's just spun into a positive thing in that, like we said, Kyrie's going to be fine. These other guys are going to remain fine. And then we're just going to put up crazy numbers, it seems. Um I don't know. I just I I find it difficult as much as I like to bring that slightly nuanced take to the show. I just I can't think of that many negative things to say about this team. Yeah, I mean, you could you you could like nitpick and nitpick to like really if you needed to fill time. I mean, there was still a few times when I thought Jalen lost his handle like in 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 the in the paint when he was going up for it and stuff like that's that. That's fair. Yeah. Again, and but again, that's that's all going to be forgotten because then, <laughs> then he he sort of dunks on Embiid, sort of doesn't, and then everyone's <laughs> saying it's a block, but it went in, but it's points, but then he stared him down and whatnot, and it was just this bizarre play that would be that was if we could all just remember seeing it live and never seeing the replays, it would have been absolutely legendary but the more you break it down the more it looks a bit bizarre um it just there was just a, a, a lucky sort of turn of events that came through but i mean i think it was charles barkley said on on uh, inside nba it's like you, you know if you if you're not strong there and you're not committed you don't really go in with a lot of force that, that does not come up for you so you got to give yeah. him credit for that so man even like i'm here i'm trying to criticize jalen brown's handle and i've just given him a massive compliment and talked about it, a big play of his so yeah man i uh i there is no there's no obvious weakness from this performance anyway so you know yeah i mean jalen brown didn't have the most efficient night he he shot five for 13 from the field still finished with a plus minus you know plus 11 12 points five rebounds couple of assists uh yeah i mean it's difficult i'm I'm scrolling through my notes here and you know i i watched the game twice looking for stuff to nitpick out and there's there's not really a lot um, it was just a, I don't know, really, really positive showing. And I, I'm really looking forward to the Raptors game. I, I think we should probably leave it at that and move on to the Reddit recap. What do you reckon? Let's do it. So the Reddit recap, uh, I'm 
looking at the next day thread, I, I did scroll through the post-game thread, uh, and yeah, God bless you all, Reddit folks. There, there wasn't a lot of uh, like well thought out takes to sort of you know copy paste into our show notes. A lot of just like Tatum, Tatum is my son, Tatum is my father, uh, etc. But fortunately, the next day thread comes out, and there's sort of some good stuff to go over. So, Leet Speak, friend of the show, former guest, and Celtic Reddit moderator, says um, she actually had a really nice post with sort of dot pointing various notes on the game. But one of them was Hayward's D is already great, and he earned himself a ton of Tommy points during doing the dirty work. Five boards, four steals, and ten points, all while maintaining that perfect hair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Although I, one note there, do think that the maintenance of the hair wasn't great. At one point later in the game, it actually looked like he'd just been electrocuted, <laughs> um, and then he, he must have gone to the bench and like maybe added some mousse or. Um, some pomade or whatever it is yeah. to sort of tame tame the beast that what is you, that hair. What do you reckon the odds are that, that Hayward goes through maybe like a, a barren spell or something like that and he ends up shaving his head and going bald? Something like Kyrie yeah, did to, last to, year. <laughs> to rid himself of the demons or... I mean, perhaps, he's, he's, perhaps. He's got I've, that option. I, I feel like I feel like, uh, I feel like he would be letting uh, many people down, both male and female, by uh, by uh, getting rid of those locks. But um, man, if, if I ever see Gordon Hayward walking out of a game with a shaved head, I know, I know he's going to be aggressive so we got that to look forward to perhaps sometime in the future so user punch it out says Simmons played 43 minutes and Bede played 37 minutes not a single player on the Celtics played more than 30 minutes we didn't touch on this Mm. this team is so deep and it looks like Brad is going to spread the minutes around this is going to pay dividends come the playoffs when all of our stars are well rested and can light up other teams yeah, very good point. No, no one went over 30 minutes, um, which is crazy given that we, we really only played nine guys and dominated. Uh, that's 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 a really good point and a really good coaching by Brad Stevens yeah. early on. I think I think to be fair, I think if that game was a lot closer, we would have seen we would have seen more minutes from probably. I mean, you would assume Kyrie might have got more minutes, but he hasn't having a great game. I think that would have gone up had the game been in balance more in the fourth quarter. But um, I mean, you know, testament to Brad for having the rotation so tight down to what it is and having no one play over it. And you know. They, they, they played accordingly to how the game was going. So, yeah, it was it was tremendous. Yeah, it's kind of one of those games where it's only afterwards you look at the minutes and you're like, shit, really? Like, no one played over 30 minutes? You kind of yeah. got used to seeing basically those those same guys out there consistently. And, like, sometimes, I'd, obviously, you know, he gets paid accordingly, but I don't know how he does it. Like, that level of, of complexity going into your minutes management is, is incredible and yeah hopefully that's the sort of thing that sustains us going through into the postseason but it's early days now user sir fritz a lot posted a tweet from john corrales host of the locked on podcast simmons and Embiid combined for 42 points 25 rebounds and 10 assists while Kyrie irving had seven points on two of 14 shooting the celtics won by 18 yeah which i wanted to leave to the end of this podcast because i, I really feel like that that sort of sums up everything we just talked about, how it, deep this team is. Definitely, yeah. And it, it kind of follows what everyone else has been saying about them too. You know, they're always leading off with how good Embi- how good Simmons was um, and everything like that. You know, Simmons and Embiid, you know, they had they had decent games, again, by their standards. And Kyrie ever had a very bad game, but he still beat them <laughs> by quite a lot, quite comfortably. So, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it was it was basically about as perfect as an opening game as you could get, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Fair call. Now, we don't really have any other notes to go through. I'm, I'm scrolling through my list here, and I got a few. I had, I had a little take where I, I sort of thought, 
with Hayward that if you don't notice him, which for a lot of the game I didn't, that's kind of a good thing, right? Like, given the injury that he's coming back from, you'd expect to notice him mucking up plays a lot and, and actually performing quite poorly. But if he's just in the game and in the flow of the offense and a seamless part of the team, like, what ba- what what bad things can you say about Hayward, you know? Like, he, he wasn't noticeable a lot of the time, and I think that's actually a good thing. Like, it was just a fluid part of our team. Yeah, totally. I think I think if, he, um, you know, other than playing Fortnite and League of Legends and, you know, shooting <laughs> hoops up from a, from a chair, I think if one thing Horford would have done during his rehab, he definitely would have been watching a lot of us play, he would have been learning the system, he would have been, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out where he is and stuff like that. So it almost goes back to the Hayward, uh, the Hayward, the Horford thing too, you know, when you're in the system and you know the system and you can apply yourself there, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, front and center. And I don't think they're going to, you know, utilize Haywood like that, you know, by default. There will be games where he is the man just, you know, because no one else can deliver. But um, yeah, I feel like he can be one of those guys who can be We'll notice him because you know we've wanted to see him for so long, and you know, and and you know now that he's out there, everyone's like, oh, Hayward's back. But I think the longer it goes on, he could probably be one of those guys who's probably more in the background and is doing the little things that you don't necessarily, you know, you won't necessarily notice upon looking at the game the first time. But you go back and you say, oh, he actually did this, 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 and this, and this. So I mean, I don't think being noticed is part of Hayward's sort of, you know, it's not his modus operandi. You know, I think he wants to. I think he's all about the team. He's all about winning and. I think he's in the perfect situation to do that. Yeah, and, and similarities there between Hayward and Horford in not just their their play style and that they're not necessarily stat centric, but like they're our two max contract guys. Like those are the two yeah. guys that we gave all the money to. The guys who aren't putting up forty points a night, but they are impacting the game and you know, as Marcus Smart would say, uh, making winning plays. Look, we should move on. The Raptors game is is game two for our regular season. That's coming up on Friday if you're in the US, and Saturday if you're in the Australia, New Zealand, sort of quadrosphere, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, it's coming up soon. They had a win today against the Cavaliers, which, I don't know, the Cavs aren't the Cavs of old, so it's not necessarily saying a lot. And that game was surprisingly close for a lot of it, and the Cavs made a late push there to to make it close towards the end. Um, how, how are you feeling given everything we've just talked about going into this game against the Raptors. Yeah, well, I was hoping like cause I I watched I watched a bit of this game. I was I had I had my eyes actually of all, of all the games I had my eyes on Brooklyn and Detroit because I had money riding on it. So um <laughs> that's where my interests were primarily and I won that money by the way. Thanks for asking. Nice. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I, I didn't see, I didn't watch it thoroughly. I did see the highlights, and I did see a few things here and there. Um, there's a great, there's a great post on RNBA where Kawhi got the ball for the first time, and everyone is cheering. You can hear the whole stadium. Yeah, it's Kawhi, it's Kawhi, it's Kawhi. And then he passes to Danny Green, and everyone goes silent. And then he passes oh, back really? to Kawhi, and then <laughs> everyone cheers that, yeah. again. <laughs> so it's like, That's I great. mean, people, I mean, I think, I think people, like they, they knew Kawhi was part of the trade. I don't think they were aware of uh, old Danny Green there. But anyway, um. Yeah, I thought we would probably, watching the Raptors, you'd probably have a better idea of how we're going to go up against them. But really, you can't because it's like, we don't know how good, we don't know how the, how good or bad the Cavs are. We don't know how good mm-hmm. or bad the Sixers are. You know what I mean? Like, so this is all like, the, the first round, the first game performances that we saw, obviously getting the win is nice, getting a good performance is nice. And the Raptors had that as well, basically the same as us here. But I mean... It, it, it's. I have absolutely no idea how it's going to go. To be honest, I know we have an appalling record in Toronto. I know they are going to be really up for it because, you know, 
it's basically between us two. I mean, you could you could throw Milwaukee into that conversation, maybe on the back of Giannis's and, and what he can do. You could probably throw Philly into it, although their stocks have probably taken a hit after yesterday. So really, mm-hmm. you're looking at the two East Conference contenders here going at it. So I think given that they've got the home court advantage, given that I think definitely the the new coach of the Raptors too he's going to want to make a statement I think they're really they're really going to push for this game and they're really going to want it so I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be upset if we lost I'll definitely be disappointed because I want to win every game but I mean <laughs> I I feel like I feel like the Celtics might not even treat this game with too much what's the word I don't know if we'll go in this game like as hard or as as committed as probably Toronto is. I could be totally wrong. We could go in there and wipe the floor with them because I really do believe in this team. But I think we are going to run into an opponent who is good at defense. They can shoot threes, at least based on what I saw today. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we. I talked about you know we're going to have to. Ha- it's going to be one of those situations where if all of our if if a lot of our players are off, they'll be able to take advantage of it. But even if we have a couple of players off and they're all on, there's another whole bracket of guys that we can fall on to go out there and get it done too. So look, I'm optimistic, but I'm not holding my breath for a win. I think we might just go down. But again, this is just me being the pessimist doing Joe's job for you. There you go. Someone's got to do it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for doing it. That's, that's the, all right. That's, that's probably all right. the first realistic take we've had all uh, all yeah. episode, but that that's good. Sorry that you had to wait so long for that audience. I, I feel pretty confident going into it. I mean, we, we talked about the potential of losing the, the opening game against the Sixers after the preseason, given what we'd seen, and mm. we're, we're kind of hesitant to, to make an optimistic prediction going into that game. But given our performance, and, and given Kyrie's lack of input into that performance, I feel like maybe the one thing we've got going for us going into the Raptors game is that like you would imagine Kyrie's probably going to bounce back a little bit. Probably yeah. he's probably going to play it wouldn't take much for him to play even slightly better <laughs> than how he played in the Sixers game. And uh, I think you add that, you add Gordon Hayward maybe getting the the nerves of the first game out of the way, the momentum from the win, you know, the, the team getting on the plane, flying up to Toronto together, bonding over that win. I feel like there's a lot of momentum we've got going into that and I whether or not we win, I can tell you this, it's going to be a freaking great game and I, I can't wait to watch it. And that's where the real rivalry is, not against the Sixers or Milwaukee or whoever else, even the Lakers nowadays, although hopefully that's that's yet to come. The, <laughs> the real rivalry is against the Raptors. They're yeah. the team who are potentially going to take the first seed and, and take that away from us. They're the team that will very likely be battling in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they've got possibly the best player in the conference in Kawhi Leonard and, and yeah. that's really the, that they're the team that we have a to have to focus our, our target on if you will so it's going to be a great game and there's going to be a lot of takes coming out of it no matter who wins about who's the better team and and fortunately we'll have you know whether we win or whether we lose we'll have all regular season to to calibrate those takes and, and probably make them more accurate but um it's going to be an exciting game and you know talk about heading into a regular season after that huge break you know we, we play the sixes then we go straight up to the raptors like that's a that's a great one-two punch in terms of games so um i don't know i, I don't know who's gonna win i hope it's us but i'm excited regardless i, I just had a sick feeling too i just remembered greg monroe is on the raptors and even though he didn't play today <laughs> 
we typically do pretty badly <laughs> against Craig Monroe's team. That's so right. There's yeah. that too. Um, I am fascinated to see how how we go against Kawhi because, I mean, obviously we would have played him not last season, the season beforehand, but this core, this group as it's currently constructed hasn't... We've gone up against LeBron. We've gone up against Giannis. We've gone up against the Warriors. We haven't gone up against Kawhi before, and I'm I'm not saying Kawhi could beat us all on his own. He certainly cannot, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see how, how he defends our players, how we defend him, and how he fits into this whole Raptors... Uh, you know, set up against us and what their plan is because they're going to have to have a plan for us. We'll have a plan for them, but I'm 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 really fascinated to see. And again, it's only game two of 82, and then everything else. So you don't want to read too much into it. But I think I don't think the Celtics are going to want to, you know, show their hand too much. I ha- I I choose to believe that this that this organization and the and the front office and Brad Stevens, you know, they've got long term sort of visions and long-term plans of how everything's going to go out. So I, I would, wouldn't be surprised to see us sort of, you know, tentatively just go feel Toronto out and see how they go and, and see how we go and, you know, kind of, you know, bank that for later in the season and later into the postseason. Um, but having said that, yeah, I mean, I expect Kyrie to come out firing. I expect him to do a lot better. And if Kyrie's on, if, if Kyrie hits his first, like, two or three shots or he starts cooking straight away, then, you know, I think I think it's going to be a good... I think it's going to be a good game. So, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, man. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. It's been a great couple of days. The Celtics are back. The NBA is back. The Red Sox are up 3-1 on the Astros. Go Red Sox. And we again find ourselves living in this world where the Celtics play every couple of days. It's great. We're, we're back. That's We're in the Celtics land now. It's It's fantastic. Anyway, look, if, if you like the podcast, if you want to support the podcast, please subscribe to and, and rate the podcast. I know it's easy to just dial up an episode on Spotify without subscribing or rating. But those numbers and, and that feedback from you guys is, is a major help to us. Uh, like the more of those numbers we get, the better chance we have of expanding this project and perhaps even one day getting a player or a member of the Celtics front office on the podcast for a yarn. So anyway, something to think about as you listen to this. All right, Jackson. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Raptors game. Go Celtics. Thanks.